Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. Before we talk about anything else, I got to know, which city are you coming to for the Here For You tour? Is it Grand Rapids or Indy, Kansas City, Dallas, Charlotte, Columbus, or any of the other fun stops? Well, you've got some time to pick a city, plan a road trip if we are not coming right to your neighborhood. Carlos Whitaker and I cannot wait to see you. Just go to hereforyoutour.com for all the details. I'm telling y'all, you do not want to miss these nights. And even though we've tried to make it easy, you know we're not expecting you to remember that URL and everything. Just pop to the show notes for that link along with all the links to all the things, sponsors and transcripts and things we talk about in the show and the spot to sign up for the AFD Week in Review, our weekly email newsletter, and more. Today on the show, I get to talk with my dude, Mike Donahue. Y'all, I love this guy so much. You may remember Mike from when he was with us before on episode 155 and episode 344. He's a singer, a songwriter, an author, a generally brilliant and kind friend. I'm really excited to get to connect with him today. His new book is so timely for the way our culture seems to have conversations these days, y'all. It's called Grace in the Gray, A More Loving Way to Disagree. In it, Mike helps us to see the grace and good that's often hidden when we let limited perspectives and assumptions get in the way of listening and extending grace. Y'all know this is so important to me for us to figure out how we stay friends with people that we do not agree with on everything. And and I learned so much as always. I learned so much from Mike. He's like a sage. So I can't wait for y'all to hear this. So here is my conversation with one of our very favorites, Mike Donahue. Mike Donahue, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I can't believe it. I I thought I'd never come back here. I keep thinking. There's no way they're asking me back. No, you keep thinking, I'm never walking in that room again. And then we do ask and you do come back. That's not true. Dude, people request you to come back so often. I'm going to just pretend like that's true. That is. Why would I lie? I wouldn't lie with the headphones on. I wouldn't lie with the headphones on. (laughs) That's so No, it matters so much. Your conversations, what you bring is so pastoral mm. that is not pressure on you when what we're about to talk I've, about I feel no pressure good because I just Correct. am I'm so thankful I when I watch your life online when we get to run into each other I just always think you're kind of a a secret ninja pastor that nobody knows is actually out there <laughs> writing songs and pastoring which would be a great Instagram handle yeah <laughs> secret, secret ninja, ninja pa- <laughs> like swoops in handles out. it Yo, yeah. no, bye. Okay, so we're recording this at the very bitter end of December. Mm-hmm. People are going to hear this to start of January. Tell me what you are thinking about 2023. What are you looking at next year? I don't know. Really? I really don't know. Oh, your sweet little Enneagram 4 heart. Can't even, can't, <laughs> don't make me think about 23. <laughs> it really is true. I know. Uh, and I, I think with the band ending, it's so strange. I'm still trying to get my feet under me of it was when you're in a band, there's so many people to think about and yeah. so many people's lives. So you're just you're on a not a wheel, but just on a, a rhythm. And of, when you're a successful band, yeah, you yeah. you know things way in advance. Well, and I would say 10th Avenue North was successful enough to keep going. And never successful enough to take a break. Yeah. Oh, so wow. it just wow. was go, 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 yeah. go. So I'm in a weird, oh, I can actually just sit and wait yeah. and think yeah. about what I'm going to do, yeah. um, which is a gift, you know. So this this book I wrote is going to come out and going to spend some time and energy trying to tell people yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I'll get to, I've got a, I just put out a new um, 
single that I'm really excited about. Oh, don't I know. I ha- <laughs> okay. It is so good. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. It is like uh, Friend of Sinners. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Jesus, parentheses, Friend yeah, of Sinners. Yeshua. Yeah, Yeshua. Which is his real name. Well, thank you. Apparently. Oh, tell me more. Well, you know, Jesus is a Latin derivative. Uh-huh. That's not what his mama would have called him. Yeah. His Aramaic name would have been, or Hebrew would have been, Yah, which is short for Yahweh, Shua, the God, so it's God who saves is his name, yeah. Yahshua. So it always it always intrigues me that we never call him. I mean, my mom doesn't call me Mike. She yeah. called well, she called me Mickleberry, but that's another. <laughs> you, that is <laughs> that's burying the, the lead. Three episodes yeah. in, your mom calls you Mickleberry. But I actually had this. Yes, uh, I had this really profound thought about. The the name Yeshua is also where we get the name Joshua. Yeah. And no offense to any Joshes out there, but I love that Jesus had the most basic name. Yeah, right. We, we tend to think Jesus, you know, you'll hear someone named Jesus. How yeah. dare you be named Jesus? Yeah. It's like, well, actually, that's actually kind of the point that Jesus assimilated with us. Uh, he didn't lord over us, but he came to us, even in his name. Yeah. I'm going to read you this thing. A friend of mine that was our tour guide in Israel named Avi. Yes. What up, Avi? Oh, please. I asked him when he was tour guide. Yes, you just got back from Yeah, Israel. we just got back in oh, October. Man. Yeah, it was that's, awesome. That's awesome. Have you been? Yes. No. Okay. I refuse to let you go without <laughs> me watching you there. So I am going on the same trip as you. I would die to see you see everything in okay, Israel. Done. It's unbelievable. I'll, we'll figure it out. I'm going to take you on a trip with your family, whoever you want to go. I'm coming. Whenever Avi would teach about Jesus, he would call him the Lord. Mm. And he, but he never called him Jesus. And so randomly, a couple of weeks ago, I messaged him and I was like, Avi, I've been thinking about this. I feel like you explained it and I just wasn't paying attention or I was asleep or something. Yeah. Why do you say the Lord? And he said that whenever people talk directly to him, they used a title of respect, Rabbi, Lord, Teacher, Messiah, and Christ. And that's the same when they wrote letters. Huh. And he said Yeshua was so common and he says, usually it only appears in the historical writings of the gospel because they wanted it to be more neutral. And then he says, when I speak about him, I prefer to follow the example of those who showed him respect because he is not neutral to me. Wow. He is not neutral he to me. He is not neutral to me. And then I thought, I mean, it made me teary then. It makes me a little teary now. He is not neutral to me. And I thought, I have only ever called him Jesus. Yeah. And and as I've been reading the Gospels for the Let's Read the Gospels podcast, no one called him Jesus. Everyone called yeah. him Lord, Savior, other things. It is mm-hmm. fascinating, and think right? And think about the inverse. He says, I no longer call you servants. I call uh, you friends. So right. he is not neutral to me, and I am not neutral to him. Yeah, that's right. That's beautiful. Okay, so you came fuel. prepared with your favorite verse from the Gospels. Yes. I'm ready. I did, which seems counterintuitive because it used to be my least favorite. Oh, brutal. It's actually two verses. Can I do two verses? Yeah, of course. Just to complete the thought. Yes. But Matthew 6, 14, and 15, it starts really great. If you forgive others their trespasses, I will forgive you. Yeah. It's like, that sounds great. If you don't forgive others their sins, I won't forgive you. Yeah. Which... Let's let's try to fill in the blank. Let's pretend we didn't know the first half and someone said, if you don't fill in the blank, I won't forgive you. What do you think Jesus would say? And growing up culturally. Yeah, I, I would, I would have no thought context. there's nothing that he won't forgive me for. Correct. Yeah. Or you'd start listing off really, really bad, bad things. Murder. Right. Uh, M- yes. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going to do the murders. Here's the knife. You need to do some murders. Um 
I'm quoting Eurovision. A knife. Yes, I know. Uh, right now. <laughs> um, but he doesn't say any of the things we expect him to say. Um, he says something more problematic. He says, if you don't forgive others. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I struggle with that verse a long time because yeah. it sure seems like God saying his love is conditional. And I thought God's love isn't conditional. Yeah. So what's this weird condition on it? So I was talking to God about it. I was like, hey, God, what's up with this? I thought your love was unconditional. Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, so you're saying you get unconditional love, but then you're going to put a condition on it for everyone else. Didn't you just turn my unconditional love into something it's not? Mm. Isn't the one condition unconditional love needs to have is that it remains unconditional? It's brutal. It doesn't, lo- it doesn't yes. work the other way. Yes, yes. But really, if you look a little deeper, it seems like what Jesus is saying is like, look, if you're not at a place where you're forgiving other people, then you're not living forgiven. Yeah. This is this is a litmus test. Yes. This is if you're I mean that's what he says of Yes, cuz if you're not forgiving other people, you don't feel forgiven. Right. You need to hold them to a tab because yeah. you feel like you've still got a tab that you've got to have to pay off. Yes. Mike, you're right. Yes. Exactly right. So he's not saying that cuz he doesn't want to forgive. He's saying because he wants us to be free. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And it's it's not any shock then that Paul goes in Second Corinthians, he says, hey, you want to know what your ministry is? Your ministry is reconciliation. Mm. says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And I just, I just wonder how many people wouldn't describe their ministry with that word. They'd say, I, I have a ministry of podcasts. Yeah. I have a ministry of writing books. I have a ministry of singing music. No. That is the method through which you deliver the ministry. But the ministry we've all been given as his kids, the one who is reconciling all things unto himself, yes. is reconciliation. I mean, my bigger question is, would other people look at our ministries and say, that's a ministry of reconciliation? Because a lot of us will label it ourselves. But are the people being experiencing our work on the other side saying, this is reconciling me to God? to others, to myself, to my history, to Jesus, to, you know. Yeah. And I think a really helpful layman's terms for people listening is, what does it mean I've been given the ministry of reconciliation? It it simply means you're on the earth to forgive other people and help them know they're forgiven. Mm. Like if you, if you, now that's a hyperbolic statement, but probably oversimplified, but I think it's helpful. Yeah. And then it calls me out that, wow, cool. I'm singing songs about Jesus and I'm writing books about Jesus. Am I reconciling? Yeah. And I just read Tim Keller's book, Forgive. Yeah. Um, He always says it so poignantly. So good. And he pointed something out to me, and I want to get really honest here. I mean, I had a friendship with someone in the music business for the last three years has been torn apart just because of some legal stuff, blah, blah, blah. And... In his book, Keller points out, he goes, isn't it interesting, two places in Matthew, he says, uh, if you have something against your brother, go to him. Yeah. And then later in Matthew, or maybe it's the other way around, says, if your brother has something against you, go to him. Yeah. Which means the impetus of initiating reconciliation always starts with me. Yeah. The gift of going second is yeah. what John Aka says. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, wow. you now the caveat is you can't control whether or not someone will reconcile with you. Yes. But we're told to make every effort to keep the bond to be of at peace. peace. Right? Yes. Every effort. In every way possible. 
yeah. be at peace with everyone. I talked about it during our Advent series when I said everyone is actually everyone. Yes. And that's complicated. It's actually everyone. So <laughs> me and this buddy, I, I was reading that. I'm like, I have not made every effort. I know. And so called him up. Do? Oh, no. Said, hey, let's you? go for a walk around Radnor Lake. And yeah. the two of us got together, walked, and had an amazing conversation. And Does it fix things? Is it just like, da 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 No, but it starts to fix things. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, I wrote this book. So yes. I, I, I Grace in the gray. gray. So I've, <laughs> I've got this chapter called Get the Fork Out of Here, mm-hmm. where I basically, I start with a story about this just ridiculous moment where I was making a smoothie. Yeah. And my oldest daughter has a way of becoming very, like, uh, poltergeist-like. She kind of floats <laughs> into a room unnoticed, and then you turn around, you go, Whoa! and she's just standing there staring at you. <laughs> How old are the girls now? Well, go my through. oldest is 13. Okay. My second oldest is 11. Then I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. Yes. Four, okay. four daughters. Pray for me. It's fantastic. <laughs> so... Did she I tell polter- this joke? poltergeist sin, no. Did I tell this joke about having four daughters? I, was I don't like, think so. Uh, People are like, when are you going to have the boy? You know, when you when you going to have that boy? I was like, man, it's apparent that the Lord gives girls to a family that already has a man. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm all the man this family needs. <laughs> every every dad I know, it just girls gives me high fives. And yes, that will be my dad. He will uh, be with you. It's, no, it's great. Someone's always crying, and sometimes yeah. my girls cry. <laughs> Someone's always crying, and sometimes it's my daughters. Yeah, not sometimes me and my wife. it's them. <laughs> uh, but my my poltergeist daughter, she comes in. She's got a ratty nightgown on and yeah. hair down on her over her eyes, and she's just standing there. And I was about to fly out, and so I I make this smoothie concoction yeah. every morning to force nutrients into yes, them. Yes, yes. Ninja pastor, like yeah. ninja nutrients. <laughs> How do I sneak them past the gates yes. of brown taste buds that right, you right, right. ward off anything that resembles cellular respiration? Yes, yes. And so. I pack, you know, I've got this, I use cachava powder right now. I don't even know what that it's, is. It's a fancy powder that I subscribe cachava? to. Cachava? Yeah, I'm not even being paid to tell people about this. Is that a brand or uh, is that is. the plant? It's the. <laughs> I, I, knowing you, it could be like, yes, Annie, it is from South America. This is a tree a super, that I grow Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be yard. so true. Uh, thank you. is the thank brand. You. I, I receive that as a yeah, compliment. It is. Cachava is the brand. And so I throw that in, and then I throw in like frozen spinach and avocado and chia seeds and yeah. all that stuff. Do you put so, fruit in there, or do you just give them all green things? No, it's all green and chocolate. I found ah. I found that, that I can do fruit, but fruit, they eat fruit. Fruit yeah. has sugar. I'm trying to cut down the sugar. So, okay. So I'm making this smoothie, and my daughter scares me. Oh, what are you doing? Because I've gotten up early at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm making a big yeah. thing of smoothie to put in the fridge so my wife can give it to them before oh, they – oh, I'm just a really great husband. Um, I'm losing my reward, though, according to Jesus. I'm yeah, that's all right. everyone about this is Just this time. But anyway, so, uh, so, I'm, so I'm making the smoothie. She scares me. She, hey, Dad, can I come help you make the smoothie? I go, sure, you can, make, you can help make the smoothie. Forgetting – that I was in the f- the process of forking out some avocado oh, wow. into the smoothie. Caveat. And you had kind of dropped the fork into the... Correct. Oh, into the Lord 500 horsepower Vitamix yes. <laughs> that can blend up your shoes. <laughs> and I drop it. I forget. Oh, yeah, okay. And she 
at this point, I wasn't using frozen spinach. I was using loose leaf spinach, yeah. not realizing that frozen vegetables actually usually have more nutrients than fresh vegetables. Yes. They, anyway, so that's good for everybody to hear. Yeah, I buy just the wanna, frozen spinach. Yeah, I just want to let people everybody know. Everybody knows the bottom third of the big container of spinach you're going to buy and put in your fridge is going to get tossed anyway. Yeah, and especially buy if you're frozen. using it in smoothies. Cause, yes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So she gets a big handful of spinach and tosses in, completely hiding the fork. In oh the my smoothie. gosh. And so, you know, we throw other stuff in, throw some other stuff, you know, coconut milk, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, yeah, okay, you ready? Put the top on. She's like, yeah, hit the switch. Armageddon ensues. Is that really? I've never, I can't even imagine The lights happens. are flickering. I mean, <gasps> it's going, <laughs> smoke is coming out. I go, oh, oh baby. Gosh. I grab her, you know, ah! it's rattling like a cobra in a cage. <laughs> and we're just waiting for whatever's about to happen. And then I'm not making this up. The fork with sparks bursts through the side no. of the Vitamix blender and hits the wall, puts a dent in the wall, bends the fork, and smoothie oh cascades oh, over the everywhere. entire, I I'm mean, sure. At just 4:30 in the an morning. array of what a glory. Nightmare. So we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking at myself, and I'm going, if that fork went I would have put a hole in me. Yeah. I think I would have died. Death by smoothie. <laughs> right. So long story short, we live lives like, I mean, this is a ridiculous I analogy. I love it. No, but I'm here for it. We live lives like smoothies where we're going, hey, how can I get more healthy? How can I, how can I become more like Jesus? I need more quiet time. I need more, uh, you know, Scripture memorization. I need more health. I need more exercise. I need more. And we add, 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 add. What do I need, Jesus? What do I need, Jesus? What do I need? And he's like, hey, um, can we talk about the fork in there? Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm going to add in. And it's interesting. You know, we're told that uh, make no room for bitterness like and give the enemy a foothold. Yeah. Like that bitterness is the way in which we open ourselves to I mean this is strong language but demonic activity. That's right. And so I have to before I try to fill my life with anything else, I need to first open myself up to what does God need to take out. Mm-hmm. And I have to assume because of Jesus' impetus, his importance on unforgiveness, I have to first look through my life and say, is there anyone I am refusing forgiveness for? Yeah. So I talked to my dad this one time, and this is all in this one chapter. And I figure it's easier to talk about one chapter than try to talk about the whole book. But we'll get there. But – or maybe we won't. But – so I'm talking to my dad – and I have this really I'm glad to be here for this. <laughs> I, just having this conversation with me myself. Thanks for being here, Annie. Um, but my my dad uh, was telling me one time about how his father was abusive, and he actually ran away to the World's Fair when he was seventeen. Because your his, dad did. Because my grandfather was so abusive and wow. um, beat up him and his mom. He ran away to the World's Fair by moped. Uh, he lived in Boston. Why is this not a movie yet? We're <laughs> the Kendrick brothers. <laughs> he lived in he lived in Boston and drove up to Montreal. Worked the World's Fair all all summer, and then when the snow started coming in in the fall, he I mean, he said his moped gave up the ghost and he buried it in a snowbank. He remembers oh like gosh. saying goodbye to yeah. his little moped, and got a bus home or whatever. 
long story short, quickly joins the Air Force, moves away, marries my mom in Nebraska randomly. So he's at this church. Oh, so I asked my dad. He's telling me all this. I go, Dad, you know what's really fascinating is why why did you – how did you do it? He goes, what do you mean? I go, how did you break that cycle of abuse? Because I know a lot of people where that is one of those systematic – you know, Jesus talked about generational sins or the Bible talks about that, that there are certain things, distortions, dysfunctions that kind of get handed down. Yes, yes. And you become subject to that kind of abuse and then you end up uh, performing that sort of abuse. And he goes, oh, I can tell you when. I was like, oh, wow, that was, this is much more efficient than I was expecting. My dad is usually, as I am, very verbose and um, goes on and on. He said, yeah, I had, you know, just come to know Jesus at this church. and In the, Nebraska? In Nebraska. Pastor gets up, reads this verse, says, hey, listen, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, you need to forgive. Yeah. And my dad went, hmm. So I went home and I wrote my dad a letter. I go, oh, got you, dad. Wink, wink. Finger point. Yeah. You, uh, you wrote him a letter saying how you forgive him for everything he did to you. And my dad looks at me, his face gets kind of scrunched. He goes, well, of course not. I go, what? He goes, I wrote a letter asking my dad to forgive me for all the bitterness that I held toward him. Oh, wow. And, he, and I go, well, did he read the letter? He goes, I don't know. This, but the second I put that in the mail, all that weight was lifted. Wow. Now, it's not always like that for people. But I love my dad's story because what he's saying is, I'm just going to start with my part in it. Yeah. I'm not going to come to them and demand that they apologize or make right. I And even I, I mentioned my walk with my friend. I didn't ask him to apologize for where I felt like I was wronged. I apologized for where I knew I was wrong. Yes. And it's it's just incredible how that's really the part that I think we need to own because ultimately you can't ever make someone apologize. You can't ever force, uh, you know, repentance, but you can bring your side of it. Yes. And, and so I have this picture in my mind. Okay. Go with me here. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. This is extra biblical. Oh, great. People are, they're going to write you in about this. Okay, great, great, great. My email is annie at (laughs) mygonahy.com. That is the best way to tell me what you think right now. I had this thought, and I and I wrote it down in the book. Uh, this this chapter is called "Get the Fork Out of Here." It was like how to get bitterness yeah. out of yourself. Yeah. I said, okay. Is there anybody when you die and you get to the gates of heaven that you sure hope isn't there? Oh, gross! I knew that's what you're gonna ask. <laughs> let's 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 make it even worse. Let's say you die, and you go up the escalator or however it works. It's and an escalator for it, sure. That's yeah. great. I didn't I, know that before now, but <laughs> it rings true in my spirit. I saw Pixar's soul. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely right. an elevator. <laughs> an escalator of some sort. So you're standing you get there. get to the top of the escalator. Peter's there. He's got the I book of so. life. Yeah. Shiny, pearly doors are standing. Peter's beaming at you, reads, yeah. reads your name. So. I can't, he's my favorite. You yeah, know? I can't wait to be his friend. Your name's in there, which we could talk all about. You know, in Hebrews, it says we're, we're being cheered on by uh, so great a cloud of witnesses. Yes, Let yes. us run this race. Yes. I love the image of Peter standing there going, I deny Jesus. Keep running. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. David saying, I committed adultery. Yeah, I killed a guy. Yeah, Keep running. Yeah. Anyway, that's a caveat. But 
Peterson there. He reads your name. You're like, oh, this is great. You, you, you open your eyes and the gates start opening. And light from Jesus' face just pours yeah, out. Yeah. And you're squinting. You can't even see. And you start to run through the doors. But then you're met. There's a figure coming at you. And you're like, you stop, shielding your eyes from the glory. (laughs) And they come into view, and it's that person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's the person you didn't hope would be, you hoped wouldn't be there. The person you couldn't imagine. And and the doors slam shut behind them. And you go, what? Peter, just let me in. We'll we'll work on this later. And And Peter goes, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. You have to go in in pairs. Oh, gosh. You have to go in in pairs. And, and they even say all the apology you ever longed for. But, like, that is sort of the picture of heaven that I have to wrestle with. Yes. Is what if God redeems the person that I'm angry at? Yeah. So maybe when Jesus says, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. He's like, how do you expect to live in perfect harmony of reconciliation with all the saints if you aren't doing that work now. Yes. You yes. will hate heaven. Yeah. <laughs> right. If we don't get some practice in now. Get started. Eternity is going to feel awful. It's it's kind of yeah, what I think interesting. Lewis had in mind in The Great Divorce. Yeah. He's like, get started. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, ZocDoc. When someone is just exceptionally good at what they do, like a waiter carrying four plates balanced on one arm, you know you are in good hands. It's like at our office. We like to joke that Lillian, our chief anti-officer, she doesn't have a to-do list. She has a to-done list. Before I even think of things to ask her, she's practically taking care of it. And because of that, we all just have the utmost confidence in her. Same when you find the right doctor. You can feel it, right? You feel heard and at ease. On ZocDoc, finding the doctor that's right for you is seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right, including me. So go to ZocDoc.com slash That Sounds Fun and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash That Sounds Fun. ZocDoc.com slash That Sounds Fun. And I got to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. I think I've told y'all that one of the things I'm really looking to learn about and practice this year is good quality sleep. Feels like a very worthwhile thing to discover more about. KiwiCo knows a thing or two about delivering moments of discovery for kids of all ages through fun, hands-on projects. And each month, they deliver super cool science, technology, and art projects right to your door. You can choose from nine different subscription lines for different ages and categories. There's something for every kid. There's one about environmental science where kids learn how oil affects oceans and the creatures that live in them. And they get to explore different ways to clean up spilled oil. And one where they get to explore the engineering and the physics behind dominoes by building a real domino machine. Very cool. I've done that one with some of my mini BFFs, and it was so fun. I think I was most impressed with how simple the directions were to follow for me and how all of the 
materials were included, which made my life easier too. The kids were so proud of themselves when they saw the machine in action. KiwiCo delivers everything needed to tinker, build, create, or craft straight to your door. There's no commitment. You can pause or cancel anytime. And literally every parent I know wants ways to have fun and facilitate learning without a screen, especially when it's cold outside and everybody is inside. Well, you won't believe the awesome tangible things your kids can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. Give them the tools to learn new skills and build new experiences and make new connections to the world around them. Each crate includes a magazine to help your kids dig deeper into the concepts. I love that. So make 2023 the year of discovery with KiwiCo. Get 50% off. You guys, 5-0. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com slash that sounds fun. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Mike. Something we talk about when we talk about politics here often, but there, it could be in anything yeah. is, is right now on earth, there are people who love Jesus, deeply love Jesus, and could not be more polar opposite with me about some beliefs. Of course. And what has happened is culture has said to us, if they don't agree with you, then they all actually don't love Jesus. And that is, oh. right? Don't you feel like that's what, I mean, that's what Grace this, and the this Gray is This is what is the saying. book is all about. Yes. It's like what we have to, re, what I have to wrestle with. I won't speak yeah. for any of our friends listening or you. Yeah. What I have to wrestle with is I could have to sit across a table from someone who says, I read the Bible more than you. I pray more than you. Yeah. I actually know factually that God has more love for me than he does for you, which is not true. But I know God likes me more Some than he likes you. Some people think that. And I believe so differently mm-hmm. on this. And we're both going to end up with the same Jesus as our best friend. That, dude, that's well, hard. We, we we should expect it. I mean, I love that they show this in the Chosen series. Yes. That's but you've got Matthew the tax collector. Matthew and Peter. And and Simon the Zealot. Yes, yes. Which oh, yes, worse. Simon the Zealot, yeah. I mean, Simon the Zealot would have been murdering people like Matthew. Yes. And the the amount of ways we are bombarded with this idea from Jesus that hey you better get used to being called to being with people you wouldn't yes. usually be with yes and that is and in the book i kind of just say we got to we got to shift from this paradigm that disagreement is the sign of unhealth in our relationships wow because wow. if everyone in your life agrees with you 100% of the time it's actually a sign that you're not in relationship with anyone but yourself. Oh. Wow. Even if your friends are always agreeing with you. Correct. That's Disagreement is the sign that you're in relationship. Yeah. How do I know I'm in a relationship with God? Because he disagrees with me. Yeah. If the God I pray to agrees with me 100% of the time, I'm praying to myself. Yes. Yes. And then you have to ask yourself, if all my friends, quote unquote, are just agreeing with me all the time, what kind of culture have I curated or what kind of messaging am I putting out there where nobody feels safe enough yes. to tell me the truth? Yes. Yes. It's not even because people hear about yes men all the time. Like, don't surround yourself with yes men. But it's not even that. It's this more deeply embedded, safer feeling thing of, okay, good. Everyone around me, we all believe the same thing. This is actually really good that mm-hmm. our everyone at the pool we all believe the same thing about politics or about Jesus or about uh, what family should look like or, you know, and we feel like it's safe, but it's not. You know, uh, my friend Gabby, she says, Jesus isn't fragile. Mm. 
And so if you're in a place where you don't like any of your thoughts or beliefs challenged at all, I would say Jesus is a cornerstone. Yeah. Like he isn't fragile. Man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he can take it. Yes. But see, the interesting thing is I don't know that me or any of my friends would say I, do, I, I don't want my ideas to be challenged. I think the deeper lie I tell myself yes. is when my ideas are challenged, that doesn't mean my ideas should be questioned. It means the other person is wrong. Right. Right. So I'm fine if there is an, a challenging viewpoint to what I believe. I refuse to listen to it and consider whether yeah. there is truth in what they're saying <laughs> that destroys the paradigm of the safe life I've built in my neighborhood. Right. So that, that I've got a chapter in the book called I, The Four Magic Words. And the four magic words are, I could be wrong. Yeah. And that feels really unsafe, it right? It feels unsafe because, especially for Christians who what you believe determines your eternal situation. Yes. So yes, Mike. it's easy for that method, methodology to bleed into every area of our lives. Yeah. Right. And what I'm so grateful for as I've gotten older is the book of Ecclesiastes, which does make some reaffirmations at the end. Yeah. To me is this beautiful little book where, you know, the, when they were, canonizing scripture, there's a big fight over whether Ecclesiastes should even be And in Proverbs, that. right? Yeah. I think those are the two, yeah. Well, because, I mean, Proverbs says over and over and over, a wise man loves to be told he's wrong. Yeah. A wise yeah. man loves rebuke. A wise yeah. man loves correction. So, right. and then in Ecclesiastes, it's like, what on earth? What the, what the, who, this guy? Yeah. The rich, the, the, the terrible people are getting off free and what's going on? Yeah. And it's full of these, maybe I'm wrong about this. Yeah. And I think that's actually the heart of wisdom because now you're opening yourself up to hear and yes. listen. And that is the essence of relationship. Most people just want to know they'll be listened to. Yes. Yes. And considered. Right? Just seen. Yes. Known, I would like to sit at a table and no matter what we talk about, I would like to consider what they are saying. I had dinner with someone last night who was saying things that I could not in my normal brain ever consider a good idea. And I thought the thing you want when you're sitting here is for your ideas to be considered. So you need to consider this person's ideas as possibly true, even though they are so diabolically <laughs> and we're both Christians, but the ideas of the other person were yeah. so wildly dumb to me. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> that I thought in no world, but don't we want to consider each other? Yes, yes. That's that's in essence all we're trying to do. Yeah. And the caveat is: is there a way to move from let's agree to disagree? That's the yeah. phrase I kind of. We just said that in the meeting you walked in on. We talked about how much we don't like agree to disagree. I hate that phrase. Why? Because it's. Um, it's insinuating a standstill, not a peace treaty. Yes, that's it's, good, Mike. It's a laying aside our arms until I get another shot at you. Yes, yes. I'll put it down for now. Yes. But that's a false peace. Yeah, it's like on a game board. As long as we don't land on the purple, we're going to be fine. Agree to disagree. Yes. But anytime we land on purple, we're going to be right where we were. We're at a standstill. Yeah. And yeah. agree to disagree is, well... You're not hearing me, and I'm not hearing you, and whatever. But we're, we but we don't want to fight and end this, and we also don't want to 
consider. Yes. So we will stop. So the the question Mike. could be, can we live in community in disagreement? Yeah. And I think that's cultivated by what I would say leaning in. Yeah. And and just going, help me understand your yeah. position. Help me understand. Yeah. Really. And keep asking questions yes. really to understand their position. Like, do I fully uh, – like, and maybe – we can move from understanding people's positions yeah. to even appreciating yes. a position that we deem I mean, diabolically uh, opposed dumb. to us. Yeah. Yeah. Diabolically, uh, diabolically dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a pastor you and I both respect his teaching, Jason Miller mm-hmm. in South Bend, Indiana, says the reason in the Beatitudes that Jesus said peacemakers will be called sons of God. Sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are peacemakers, so but sons, sons of daughters of God. And Jason says, because if you really make peace, you lose family. And so God is saying, I'll be your family. Wow. If you actually do the work of peacemaking, you may lose family. Hmm. And so I'll be your family. And I mean, I bet Jason said that. I heard him teach that a decade ago, maybe, or something. Yeah, that's so T- good. Seven years ago. And I thought, I've never forgotten it. Because hmm. that is so true. You think peacemaking is going to be so fun. And it is not. Well, nuance, nuance is horrible because <laughs> I mean, grace in the gray. That's why your book is titled this a more loving way to disagree. Yeah. If I totally resonate with that quote because aren't I right that you like Jason Miller? I'm not making oh, that up, right? I love Jason. I thought so. I thought he so. stayed at my so. house last time he was here. Oh, very good. Yeah. I thought, I thought y'all are bros. I yeah, was yeah. all of a sudden I was like, I don't think I'm making up that you love Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is so much easier and and quite honestly a lot easier to build a kingdom around an extreme point. Yes. We see that, that on every cable news station. Who who was I talking to or who said this? That basically oh, you know who was? Justin McRoberts, who's yeah. a friend of mine. I don't know him, but I he said thumbs up him. Nuance and incremental change is way more radical than being radical. Nuance and incremental change is way more radical than being radical. Something right. like that. Being, I mean, the grace and the gray. Being in the gray is, takes so much more work. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get shot from both sides. That's right. Who That's wants right. to do that? You're too conservative for the liberals. You're too liberal for the conservatives. You're too charismatic for the liturgical. You're too liturgical for the charismatic. I mean, the gray's tough, dude. Yeah, and and it's so much easier. And I get why people go black and white on things that shouldn't be black and white because. They want to amass a following. Yes. And let's be honest. People don't like getting behind someone in the gray. Right. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Or you are – you feel – it feels dangerous because what if you change? Yes. And so this is a whole thing I talk about where we have to stop deifying and demonizing. Humans. Yes. Yes. Particularly – People who we are following, particularly, particularly for spiritual advice. We have a tendency of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're all or nothing. Oh, Jamie that works here the other day said that situation, they threw the family out with the bathwater. Yes. And I I do this practice all the time. It's like, what if I quote... I don't know. I, I'm not even going to use give me it. as an example. You can use me. All right. Is that okay. what you mean? Well, let's say like on your podcast, there's people listening where if I quote Joel Osteen, right, they're going to immediately 
go yes or immediately go no way say richard Rohr. richard Rohr. and not only or, do people say yes or no they say now i know you mike donahue yes now that, i know what now you i know i can trust you or not or trust not you. trust you and i go wait a second yes there's a great i already quoted killer killer once before but i'll again. quote him again he says put us know, in that camp all day long put this, us in the killer this camp. is really good <laughs> Because Paul does the, – the Apostle Paul shows us it's possible to quote secular philosophers of the day. That's right. You know, That's right. In his, he did it. In his sermon on That's Mars right. Hill. And Keller says something I think is really helpful. He says, if you quote one man, you'll be a clone. Hmm. If you quote two men, you'll just be confused. He goes, if you quote ten men or if you read, study ten men, you might still be confused. And then he goes on, if you read, study 100 men, you'll start to become wise. If you read, study 300 men, you'll become wise and you'll start to develop your own voice. Wow. And I I just really think that's so true that I'm just really tired of you quote somebody to me and I immediately determine whether that statement is true based on the source. Yes. Not take the sentence or the thought for what it is and inspect it. The other problem with deifying and demonizing, I think, fix it if I'm wrong. When we demonize someone, they never, if we do it once, they never have a shot to speak into our lives and they probably have some wisdom. If we deify them, the minute they do one thing that we disagree with or hurts our feelings or isn't what we set them up to do, they have such a steep fall. Well, and we have a fall. As the receiver. Think think about... How many times you've probably heard, wouldn't the church be better? Wouldn't it be so much better if we didn't have all these false prophets? <laughs> right. Wouldn't it be better if we didn't have people having sexual failures? Yeah. Wouldn't it be better if we didn't have these Christian artists lose their faith and yeah. talk about it online? Wouldn't it be better? And there's this radical it's it's probably my favorite well, you asked my favorite verse my favorite parable that Jesus teaches is a really unfamiliar one to a lot of people yeah and it's right after the really famous one where he's throwing out seeds and that grows up in the thorns and the thistles some gets eaten by the birds yeah. right after that he goes there's another farmer and he's got he isn't just throwing out seeds and some wheat's growing here and there he's got a whole field of wheat yeah he's like oh beautiful yes yeah. and then an enemy plants weeds in the wheat so what does workers say? They see these weeds growing in the wheat, and they do exactly what we say. Can we throw? Out, can we pull can them we out? Can we tear them up? Yeah. Not, can, yeah. Let us tear them out. We're so good at tearing out the yes. weeds. Yes, yes. And then what does Jesus say? He goes, the farmer says to him, I imagine he's kind of like Marlon Brando for some reason. He's like, <laughs> no, no, leave him in. What do you mean leave him in, boss? Leave him in. Because if you go around trying to tear out all those weeds, you're going to tear out all the wheat too. I don't know why I went Marlon Brando. No, I was very into it. Thank you. Uh, And I think I love that. And Jesus goes on to explain the parable to his disciples. And he says, pulling apart the weeds and the wheat, that's my job. That's the angel's job. That's not your job. Yes. And Isaiah says, a bruised reed he will not break and a flickering flame he will not quench. Mm. And we've got a lot of people in our culture who are really good at breaking bruised reeds. And they're really good at snuffing out flickering flames. Yes. And they do it in the name of, hey, I need to tell you the truth. Because to really love you, love isn't love if it isn't truth. 
And so I'm going to tell you the hard truth. But I would say, based on what Paul says, that truth is also not truth if it's not love. And I say that because he says all over the place, but in Ephesians, he says, speaking the truth in love. Mm -hmm. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says, I could have all all this knowledge and speak in the tongues of angels. If I have not love, it's nothing. And, And you're like, well, that's still not about posture. It's just the content of what you're saying needs to be loving. It's not really how you say it. Yeah. It's what you say. Yeah. That's and it may what... not feel like love to the receiver. And I go, that's but... true because especially if you're easily offendable, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to accept wisdom. Mm-hmm. But when Paul's coaching Timothy and he's writing him his le- second letter and, and Paul's in prison thinking he's going to die, he says, hey, hey, Timothy. And this is really for my book, the whole outline. You can yeah. actually not, you don't need to read my book. Just read these two verses. He says- <laughs> But also, Grace and no, Grace. Whatever. Um, he says, okay, this is what you need to do. The Lord's servant, Timothy, must not be quarrelsome. Ouch. Yeah. How do I know I'm quarrelsome? You don't. Ask someone who's your friend. <laughs> Look at, get someone else <laughs> to assess your Twitter timeline. Uh, must not be quarrelsome. Must be kind to everyone. I looked up the Greek for kind everyone. It means kind to everyone. <laughs> everyone, uh, man. Everyone. People stumble over everyone. <laughs> Me too. Uh, able to teach. Mm. Which means, hey, before you weigh in on this, are you actually able to teach about it? Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's some things you need to shut up yeah. and listen. Yeah. Able to teach. Um, correcting his opponents. So you do correct them, he says, with all gentleness. And then he gives this beautiful ending. Perhaps God will grant them repentance Mm. leading to the truth. Yeah. And I, especially that last part, it's like Paul is painting this picture of it isn't just your position, but you also must consider your posture. And it's not just your posture. It's also your position. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the way I argue needs to be buoyed by this belief that Perhaps God will be the one yeah. to change them. And what are we told in Romans 2, 4? What is the method through which God brings about repentance? It is through his kindness. His kindness. Now, yes. it is kind to tell someone hard truth. Yes. But all of these admonitions, I have to say, not only what I tell people, but the way I say it. Yes. are meant to be in this marriage together. Yes. And I need to stop excusing that people are stumbling. We say, well, Jesus is a stumbling block. He's going to be offensive. Yeah. That doesn't mean they should stumble over me to get to the stumbling <laughs> block. Yeah, yeah. Let him be the one. Yeah. Not me. Not me. Hey, friends, just taking a quick break from this conversation to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Nutrafol. Is there like a typical frequency for how often you should have to clean the hair off your hairbrush because it's full. I'm asking because we just don't talk about these things. And here's the thing. 30 million women are impacted by weekend or thinning hair. Millions. 
means it's more than common, you guys. It's normal. And dealing with thinning hair can feel lonely and frustrating. And if that's you, you are not alone. There's a solution you can trust to deliver results. It's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement. It's clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. By targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, yep, hormones, yep, environment, uh uh-huh, nutrition, yes, metabolism, yes, these are things that affect all of us. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women through all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients and consistent effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. 3,000 plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. And it works. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and you get to support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code that sounds fun. It'll save you $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code that sounds fun. And now back to finishing up our conversation with Mike. Do you think Grace in the Gray matters more now than it did 50 years ago? Does the internet make this more important or is the world, I mean, as we, every generation thinks they're the last generation, so fair. Does it feel like the world is more contentious toward each other or does the internet just make that more apparent or am I wrong in the 50s was like this too? Not that you were there, so you don't remember, but. I'm always going to resist the temptation to pit generations against one another on which one was better or worse. Mm. Um, Simply because I'm living now. Yeah. And are there particular challenges that this generation is going to face that I didn't? Yeah. I mean, study the study the trend of social anxiety with social media. Yeah. You know, watch the social dilemma. I mean, there are particular problems. But, you know, I mean, in the early 1900s, Stalin is killing more millions of people than anyone. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we don't even talk about Stalin. We talk about we talk about Hitler. Yeah. Who is also horrible. Yeah. And, and this is happening in this golden, beautiful age. Yeah. Right. So I will say social media, it seems the algorithm is not helpful. Right. I would say in that it's feeding you stuff that you agree with. And, but. On the flip side, there's more potential to discover alternative viewpoints than yes, ever. Yes. So it's hard to say that it's one or the other. Um, I think this is always the temptation of humans. Um, is to say we have it better, we have it worse than? Uh, to surround yourself with people who make you feel right. Because feeling right is an easy substitute for feeling loved. And if you don't feel loved and known, then feeling right, right. next best thing. I may not be loved, but I'm right. Oh, that is really And I would just really say a litmus test of if you always need to feel right, I would say, why, why don't you feel loved and known? Yeah. 
well, that's terrible. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> it is terrible. But the gift is like getting what we really need is easier than doing all the research so that you come into your family reunion ready to decimate everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really being slow to speak yeah. and quick to listen, yeah, says James, yeah. that that actually like the simpler thing is the harder thing, but it's the less complex thing. Yes. And yes. that is, oh, I I just need to make people feel known and loved. And yeah. that's what I'm here to do. Man, I can't wait for people to read this, Mike. I think I'm, I definitely don't cover everything, but um, I, I say at the beginning of the book, you know, it's. The subtitle is A More Loving Way to Disagree. Yeah. I go, shouldn't that subtitle be helpful ways to destroy other people in arguments <laughs> or the best way to win when you're disagreed with? And yeah. it's not. It's a more loving way to disagree. So I go, anyone who reads that and then opens up the book, they're already doing better. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like you're this on is your way. Step. That's right. You're yeah. doing it. Uh, did you read the audiobook? I did. Yes. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. People love when the author reads the audiobook. I did lots of voices. Like Marlon Did you? Brando. A lot of Marlon Brando moments? I was I, I was really so. doing a lot of Christopher Walken <laughs> at that point. I don't know why, but I did not know he this was a skill you had. Is disagreeable sometimes. Um, who else did I do? Who else do you do? I mean, I could do Shrek. Like, look, donkey, get in the swamp. This <laughs> is my listen, Shrek. In the morning, I'm making waffles. Um I do a lot of voices, you actually. You do, and you're a, very good. I was a theater major, so. But does that, that doesn't naturally mean you're good at voices. This is a skill. I hope so. <laughs> Rate I me. mean, your Shrek is spot-on Scottish. You sound like, like every neighbor I ever had when I lived there. Look at the size there. of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. His head's like Spudnik, spherically at quite pointy in parts. Okay. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That makes me so <laughs> If you did your whole audiobook I'm, in a Scottish accent. I did this Oof. little YouTube video one time called How to Train Birds where yeah. I was standing on a pier in California uh-huh. and I had this big fur hat on and I was trying to be Russian like, Dimitri, I'm here, I'm here to teach birds how to fly. And, like, and I was doing this whole thing and this group, I'm not making this up, this group of old Russian women – Come up behind me as I'm, you know, I've got a camera yeah, on me yeah, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, listen, this is how we do with the birds. Like, duh, duh, duh. and they come up to me. St- they start speaking Russian. <gasps> no, because like, they just knew you were actually Russian. And the granddaughter, whoever goes, they want to know if you're really Russian. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not really Russian. She's like, I know. I know you are not Russian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You just have, that's like a back pocket party trick. I, you know, thank you. That's very good. I need you to do that. I'm glad to. I'm going to make a note for when we invite you back that we're going to only do accent. You. I can't do them. You only do accent. I was Smeagol for Halloween. Uh Uh-huh. And I I wore a golem mask. Oh, ooh, But then I would take the mask off Uh and I had painted my face and was wearing a bald cap. So I was Smeagol underneath, (laughs) but golem with the mask on. (laughs) I terrified so many children. Yes, certainly. Yes, precious. Precious wants to help us. Masters is a friends. You don't have any friends. You're a thief and a murderer. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. You know, just one wish to catch a fish. So juicy, sweet. Something like that, right? Right. This is. What are taters? What's this taters? Potatoes. Chop them up, cook them, put them in stew. Yeah, I wow. do. I do voices. You do do voices. 
Thank you for that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, hey, the last question we always ask. I'm sure ask, that's not going to make, uh, make it. You're dead fact. wrong. Every minute of that is going to make it. Right, perfect. The last question we always ask because the show is called mm. That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Besides your accents, that's very fun um, to me. You know what sounds fun to me right now? Yeah. Right before the pandemic shut the world down, my best friend growing up, we were best friends from like two years old to. I mean, we went to the same college, lived yeah. in the same house for all four years. Oh, my gosh. But then we we really don't see each other af- after that because we oh, both wow. live in separate places. Yeah. But we had scheduled a snowboarding trip yeah. in Utah. And I was meant to finish a show and go snowboard for three days with him and then get back on the tour. And then like two days before that trip, the world shut down. Yeah. And uh, I, I really would love to go snowboarding. It's yes. been a minute. Y'all so, reschedule. I know. That I mean, this fun. is the season. Tis the season to reschedule a snowboarding trip. It's the winter. Make use of all this. Get out stuff. of Nashville. Make use of this cold. We are rainy and dark. It's from it is now so until it feels like until Easter Sunday. Annie, this does not sound fun. No. You've gone into not fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You go ski out <laughs> west. Go out west. Take your bro. Y'all go out west. Thanks for doing this today, Mike. I love getting to sit and chat. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, friends, isn't he just the best? I love that dude. Gracious. I could listen to him teach, preach, bleed forever. I just think the world of him. Be sure to grab your copy of Grace in the Gray, and let's all get better at disagreeing. And follow Mike on social media so you can tell him thanks for being on the show today, even if you didn't agree with everything he said. So, okay, we heard what sounds fun to Mike. And as you know, this year, we want to hear what sounds fun to you, our listener friends. So here's what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Jennifer, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Ooh, Annie, I'm Jennifer Bonner from Albany, Georgia, and fun to me is authentic, good fun, being yourself. Whatever sounds fun to you is fun, and fun to me is a wide variety of things from Broadway shows, local theater, uh, decorating for Christmas with the family, getting ready for a party, or having a total chill day. I Uh. mean... I agree. It's fun. Life. Okay, Albany, Life Georgia. I love Albany, Georgia. I love it too. That's a great. That's an easy place to have fun. Y'all have got some great bold peanuts there in Albany. That is correct. Yeah. We do. <laughs> we do. Easy. We do. <laughs> where do you? If you're going to get bold peanuts, where are you going? Are you going to a gas station? Or are you going? Do you make them? Are you like getting them from someone else? What's your system? I have made them, and it was not as hard as I thought it might be. Uh-huh. But if I'm going to pick some up, I go to Mark's Melon Patch. Okay, Mark's, Highway 82. <gasps> Mark's Melon Patch on Highway 82. I do not know them, but I am going to ask them to mail me some. Thank you, Jennifer, for doing <laughs> this. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, what does sound fun to me today? This weekend is really quiet for me. So what sounds fun to me today? Make fun of me if you want. But today I'm going to make my list of everything I want to do this weekend and everything I need to get accomplished so that I can have a proper day of rest on Saturday. And that all has to happen tomorrow. So it sounds fun to me to make some lists. So I'm on it. Y'all have a great weekend. I hope you get some rest. And we'll see you back here on Monday with my future tour mate and one of our favorite humans around here, Carlos Whitaker. We'll see y'all then.